This is Included, the podcast. Conversations toward a greater understanding of the inclusive love of Jesus. Unpacking the mystery and wonder of the Word of God for those seeking an affirming, equitable Salvation Army for others. Thanks for joining. We invite you to take a posture of listening and exploring as we seek together the good news for the whosoever. Welcome to Included, the podcast. My name is Chris Halliday. We have got a fantastic conversation with you today. Actually, a really moving conversation, I'll say. It's with uh, an officer in Switzerland. His name is Major Martin Gossau, and I apologise that I've probably pronounced that incorrectly. Um, And the title of today's podcast is Courageous Living. And as you listen to the story of Martin's life, and uh, the love he has for God and his passion for the Salvation Army and all that he's been through on his journey of living authentically and courageously, you will absolutely agree that it is an example of courageous living. Uh, We had a very special guest interviewer for this conversation, um, Major Christina Tyson in New Zealand. Hey, Christina. Hi, Chris. Good to spend this time with you. Really exciting. Yeah, it's great. I, to... I would say I'm um, long time included podcast listener, first time <laughs> interviewer. Well, most welcome uh, on both fronts. Absolutely welcome to have you uh, join us on the interview. In fact, we're going to be having an interview with you as a guest in, in a few weeks' time. Um, I'll turn up for that one then. It would be great to talk to you for that. But today it was a conversation with Martin, and this was a, going to be a sensitive conversation. Uh, and as people listen to to the interview, you'll get a sense of of why that is. And um, Christina, I've known you for for many years, and you you are someone of great sensitivity and wisdom and discernment and insight. And so, um, asked whether you would have this conversation with Martin. In fact, you've known Martin for quite a while. Yes, so um, I served in a lot of communication roles in the Salvation Army in New Zealand, and so Martin was at international headquarters uh, doing uh, similar sort of editorial work and met him in the lead-up probably to the Boundless Congress and spent a bit of time, and we've emailed a lot over the years, and I have just huge respect for him. He's a man of real integrity and passion for Jesus in the Army. Um, Just a, a really good, a really good soul. Yeah, well, um, you stepped in, you know, you say first time um, included podcast interview, but this is absolutely not new area to cover for you. You've actually been involved on the front lines of of areas of inclusion and equity in the Salvation Army for gender and sexuality diverse people for many, many years. Yeah, um, probably came through that. Um, I'd have to say, actually, through my daughter, who I think we gave a Bible to at one point to encourage her. And she brought it back in and saw the study notes about Romans that were basically clobbering gay people. And she said, I don't want this Bible. Um, and so that was one of the seeds, I guess, in my allyship. And the other was um, my husband's um, brother, who is a gay man um, now engaged and being getting married to his Kiwi fiance later in this year in awesome. um, Tasmania. And so probably just journeying in our family um, you know, I've learned a lot and God's just opened my heart and shown me really what where my attitudes needed to just change. And that's been a great journey. Not always easy, but um really honored to have been able to take it. Yeah. Well, yeah, you 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 
paint the picture there for us of this being grounded in, in uh, you know, and, and the spark being in, in family connection. But you've been absolutely a, um, a very courageous and strong ally within the Salvation Army for so many people using your skills and talents, uh, creating material and uh, resources and really helping put words to what we believe to be God's heart around areas of inclusion. So thank you for all you're doing. And on this particular occasion, you have put your skills and talents and time uh, very late on a New Zealand evening and very early on a Swiss morning to chat with Major Martin. So we will jump into that now. Here we are, Major Christina Tyson and Major Martin Gossau. Hi, Martin. Um, Martin, it's such a joy to be able to engage with you uh, over a distance and in this way see your beautiful face and hear your lovely voice um, and I have uh, yeah I'm just really grateful for this opportunity to be part of an international Salvation Army with such camaraderie around the world. How are you? Hi Christina, thank you I'm fine. How amazing to be in conversation and dialogue. You're in New Zealand, I'm in Switzerland over that long distance but uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here and to respond to your questions today in that interview. Thank and you. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about my life. <laughs> That's good. And it's always lovely just hearing people's journeying with Jesus, which is so different for everybody. Um, no two lives the same, such diversity in God's creation. So um, looking forward to this. I suppose I know you as a colleague from um, years when we were both working in communications. So really respected you in that, but also as an ally, um, someone who's been um, very empathetic of uh, issues in the um, LGBTQI community and has really been honouring in that space. So thank you for that. And so it's it's really good today to be able to unpack that a little bit more with you. I thought um, maybe we could start by just introducing you to listeners and um, tell us a little bit about your life, where you were born and grew up and what your family was like. Yeah, so I grew up in a Salvation Army family. Uh, my parents uh, are officers or were officers with uh, five siblings. So in beautiful Switzerland, so being an officer's kid, we moved from place to place, but uh, I, I grew up in a very close, sheltered, narrow, I would say, Christian world with my family, with my parents. But I must say, I, 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 if I think back, I had a happy childhood. Can you remember when you, um, did it seem like you always knew Jesus or do you remember a, a a day or some awakenings in your life in terms of how Jesus became um, more of a friend in your life? And Yes, I'm very grateful to my parents for my Christian upbringing. I got to know and love Jesus at, uh, at an early age, uh, also then through Sunday school and uh, junior soldier classes. And I really loved uh, Jesus ever since and, and I consider that as a as a really a grace and a gift from God, so that I was able from an early age really to to be on my journey with with Jesus and to know Him as yeah. my Lord and Savior. That's good. And in terms of you becoming a soldier in the Salvation Army, sort of what age did that happen for you in your in your journey? 
Yes, well, that, <laughs> that's uh, usually at the time, so that would be at the age of 15. But it really, at the time, it happened, you know, like in Switzerland, like in, I think, other European countries, we have what we call that uh, contamination. You have to, you have some mm -hmm. um, Christian discipleship programs as a youth, uh, some lessons that you follow. And then this is concluded also in other churches with the confirmation, which happens in a, in a uh, open official worship service, uh, where you are in a way, you are told, you know, you are now able to become a full member of the church. And, uh, and, and you can affirm that or you, yes, whatever way, but so usually in the Salvation Army, in the morning meeting, the confirmation happened. And in the evening meeting, you would then be enrolled as a soldier. And it was kind of almost expected, especially if you were already part of the core family, if you were already perhaps a member of the band or songsters or... So actually, nobody really even asked me. I was... <laughs> I was just given the, you know, the the, um, the soldier um, covenant and uh, asked, yeah, please here sign. That's happening tonight. <laughs> so it wasn't really a process of reflecting about it. Is that right for me? Is that the right time? As it happens, really today. So mm -hmm. it it just happened, and and yeah, I just became a soldier and. But it was okay for me, and I've, I always felt, you know, at home and, and happy at, at my core family and at the Salvation Army. And then, but um, in my teenage and young adult life, uh, uh, there was a, the, the youth secretary at the time who became a very important person to me. We had a very close relationship. He was kind of a spiritual mentor to me, and I really learned an awful lot from from him and so i'm really grateful for that and then amazingly it was actually at the at when i started training as a teacher at the teacher training college that i i joined the bible group there and i really it was really the first time i had to stand up and be counted as a christian in front of others and kind of my world was a bit enlarged, you know, from the small Salvation Army world to step out. Um, and that, yeah, that these were important steps for me to, to really, yeah, uh, be a testimony also and, 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 yeah, try to be a light for Jesus. That's good. Did you always feel that the Salvation Army was your spiritual home and where you would stay or were you considering other options? Not, uh, not really. Of course, it then came a time where I, my horizon enlarged and I discovered also at the teacher training college, I, actually there was a young guy from another church, you know, who came up to me in the, in the Bible study group and said, well, you know, I tried to explain our stance, our position to sacraments and that I'm not baptized, uh, uh, that, that we don't have the Holy Communion and and he said, he said to me, oh, in that case, you are not saved. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you reassured him. 
Yes. So I never had that actually someone coming up to me. Uh, well, if you're gay, you're not safe. I never had yeah. that actually. But, um, yeah. <laughs> so when did your calling to officership come? Well, I had a sense of God's calling in my early 20s, I would say, and it became more tangible during uh, a stay, six months stay in London. And uh, I just through a first through a Bible message of Eva Burroughs, who at the time was serving in the UK. And, and she was preaching about God's love that is unmeasurable to us, mm. for us. And actually our response to that love in a way that we also should not count in our love to God and to others. And that kind of spoke very deeply to me. At the same time, I was uh, uh, staying three months in a men's hostel in London, the biggest men's hostel that doesn't exist anymore today, but uh, with dormitories and very... Uh, there I experienced the army's social work really the mission of the Salvation Army to the excluded and uh, vulnerable people. And uh, me coming from, you know, protected Switzerland, that was really, that hit me. And that uh, that's really where I felt, yes, that's my place where God wants me to serve, to serve him. And then I went back, back home to Switzerland, sent in my application as an officer and left the country for a backpack trip around the world for more than one year. Wow. And there was in New Zealand uh, a time when I received finally, no, it was not a time when we had handies and uh, digital co uh, correspondence. I received uh, a, a letter I had to go and pick up at the post office from the candidate secretary in Switzerland uh, saying, well, seeing that you left Switzerland, but perhaps we better wait till you come back to the country to, to consider and to discuss your application. <laughs> but in a way, I, I wanted to put my, to confirm that calling, give my, really mm. make that step. At the same time, I felt that I needed to discover the world and to enlarge my horizon and to see something different before engaging as as in, in that ministry as an officer. Mm. And I'm glad I did it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds wise. So what, what year did you enter training? In, in what session? Oh, uh, Messengers of Peace. I'm yeah. very happy with my session name, Messengers of Peace. Yes, yeah, yeah. And it was at the time uh, the European Salvation Army College, which was in Switzerland, and that I, I quite like that also, uh, not just Switzerland, you know, being with cadets from Germany, Belgium, France, Italy, Spain, um, that was a great time, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, so another aspect of who you are, you trained as a teacher, you um, checked out really your calling so it wasn't, even if your soldiership may have been a little bit automatic and expected of you, your officership really wasn't. It was considered. Um, but there's another aspect of you as well as being a follower of Jesus and, and a Salvation Army officer, which is that you are a gay man. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I guess you could say so. 
And so um, this is this is your coming out, really, in a public way. So, I never felt the need to really state or do a coming out. You know, I always considered I am who I am, and people meet me, they see who I am and how I live, and and in the relationship, I guess it becomes probably obvious to some people with open eyes <laughs> who I am. Um, so I never, why should I? I never felt really the need to a coming out. I came out to some of my family members, to some of my friends, colleagues at the Salvation Army, outside the Salvation Army. So, but, but still this part of my sexual orientation, I think it has always been a bit hidden behind my life as a, as a Christian mm. until about certainly 15, 15 years ago uh, when I, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So was it something in your sexual orientation, were you always aware of it or at what point in your life did you become aware of, of who you were? I think it was really during my teenage years. Uh, I, I felt that I was attracted more to boys, like also at the teacher training college, if I think back. And at the time, actually, my family moved to Zurich, which in Switzerland is considered, you know, the big city in Switzerland and uh, we moved right into the red light district with the minister of my parents with six children so life in the big city was an eye-opener for me uh, on my way to school I passed sex shops and sex cinemas uh, but explicit pictures were much closer actually at home at home my parents were appointed as directors of the social center for men uh, with an attached uh, a paper recycling uh, business where these men were working and just strolling around that place, which I did, you know, as a kid and as a teenager. I mean, there were all kinds of magazines, magazines you could see. And uh, uh, I, there was a temptation, you know, to collect some of these magazines discovered by my mom and, <laughs> and then followed a very earnest prayer with my dad that this is really not okay and an abomination and a dishonor to our family and to my Christian upbringing. And, mm. But there wasn't really a discussion about it or a dialogue. It was just like, you shouldn't do this, you know. And I think my parents didn't know how to also talk to me about it uh, at the time. Um, yeah. And that was very much at the time the, the how it was. It was mm. the don't ask, don't tell. It wasn't this wasn't discussed. It wasn't a theme really. It's it, yeah, yeah. So what was that like for you as a young Christian? Um, I suppose even in terms of I suppose your prayer life or your relationship with God. Did that still feel easy or was it in some way hindered by the, I guess, the judgment you experienced from your parents? Um, so I think it was really from my time also in London where I started really having a close relationship and I, I had a journal that I wrote and I, it was really spiritually also a very important time for me and, and, since then, yeah, my daily walk with uh, Jesus was has been very important. 
Um, but in a way, my sexual orientation, I kept that to myself. But I never felt bad about it. And and I always had, I can really say that, I always had a, a deep assurance to be loved by God, mm -hmm. uh, for which I am just immensely grateful. Um, because I know through how much suffering other people went. Uh, I have a younger brother who came, staged his came out in our family, really, in a perhaps not very happy way, but and and but I know who really suffered from and who went through, you know, things like conversion therapies and please God change the yeah. way I am and and I, I don't know, I always felt that deep assurance to be loved by God. Um, and I didn't look at my sexual orientation as something as being bad or not accepted by God, even perhaps to the point of being even more curious or excited. Well, I'm, I'm different from others and that's, that's how it is. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So you you had this sense, I suppose, of God um, and as in your spirit, God witnessing to yours that you were fully accepted and loved and not uh, wrong or broken, which is a, a wonderful gift. Um, in your life, you did go on to get married. So how did that happen for you uh, in terms of your sexual orientation? And and enough, I, I don't want to intrude on your um, ex-wife's uh, privacy. Yeah. But I suppose, how did you balance that yeah. in conversations? Yeah, of course, I did know, you know, the kind of official teaching of the Christian Church of the Army. I did some reading. I, I knew all about that. But still, although despite my traveling later on, I was at home in this army world, which was a rather close, small world. I was felt at home there and um the idea for example to start a relationship with a with a man or to come out has never really crossed my mind at the time it was like something out of reach you don't do that it doesn't happen and it seemed clear to me that the best way forward to fulfill god's calling in my life was just to marry a woman to if possible one that plays the guitar and can sing <laughs> <laughs> and and to serve God together, and and that simply what happened. Um, only she couldn't play the guitar, and she had plenty of other gifts than music. But I can really honestly say we loved each other, and I think we were a great team at work. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, so. Uh, and but and and I did I did come out to her. I I mean we openly spoke. I spoke about my sexual orientation, um, and it did kind of hang like a shadow over our marriage, combined with the suffering of not having children. Mm. And uh, over the years, all kind of this together, um, marriage just didn't last. Yeah, yeah. Mm. To an end, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah that would have that would have been difficult. You guys are still friends, and 
um, you seem to have ne you've negotiated that ending in a in a healthy and it sounds like a god honoring way. The way you've um, yeah, negotiated that. Really to, to you know to separate on 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 good terms, and we are still on good terms. Of course, it there is suffering in every any breakup, and there was a time of where we both needed uh, assistance. Uh, but now we are in very good terms uh, together. Uh, at, at the beginning, we both stayed officers, and uh, and actually during marriage, it was more my sexual orientation that was more a subject of concern and conversation. But it was in a way clear that there were uh, questions in her life as well regarding to that. Um, and uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Today she's no longer a salvationist, no longer an officer, but works for the Catholic Church as a chaplain, and lives in a partnership with the woman she loves. Um, so she is not hiding her sexual orientation. Mm. Yeah. Yes, yeah. She is. Yeah. It's for her an open. It's in the open for her. Yeah. Completely. So has her, um, I suppose, her transparency or honesty or courage, has that been an inspiration to you then uh, for where you are today? Um, in, in a way, yes, but that's where we are completely also different as people, I guess. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not always very proactive as a person, I'm perhaps the person rather sometimes hiding things or not taking tackle things, to be honest. Although I did, um, you know, I did, I mean, after marriage, after our separation, I did, um, uh, I, I felt I needed uh, professional therapy. And it was not only to come to terms with that separation and, and that suffering. Uh, from the person you love, uh, uh, but it was also the question of coming out, yeah, and my, my sexual orientation. These were also themes, and uh, so I did take steps in that sense. I, I joined a discussion group that is uh, was organized in the city where I lived um, from a, a center, LGBTQ center for, for men, you know, who are in that process of coming out. So during a number of years, I was a member of that group. I really enlarged my circle of, of relationships, got to know other people from the LGBTQ community. Um, and then at the same time, of course, I was still in the Salvation Army world. I, I, I think I never proactively, actively was, proactively was searching for a partner, life partner, yeah. um, knowing Knowing, of course, that if I would live in a, a same-sex relationship, I would lose my job at Salvation Army. I could be thrown out as a Salvationist. Mm. Uh, that's how it was. And yeah, yeah. So did that mean for you that you um, felt that there was no choice but to embrace um, celibacy as a vocational um position for you uh so that you could continue to carry out your calling as an officer 
I, I wouldn't say that I conscious, conscious, consciously embraced celibacy. Um, and I, I, in a way, I always said to myself, well, I will have to see what happens if I fell falling long with a, another man. I will see what happens. So it's not that I was kind of on a biblical grounds or from Salvation Army teaching that I said to you, I need, as a, as a gay man, I need to live in celibacy. No, I wouldn't say that. Um, but I, I knew I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't be a, an officer and at the same time live in a, in a relationship with a man. Mm. So for yeah. you, um, I suppose you would have run into various theological arguments and some of those things, and you may have even said them to people in the past, I don't know. But what was the sort of work that you had to do in yourself or the thinking or reflection to really come to terms with, um, I guess, some understandings of scripture? Did you spend time in that space where you were thinking, well, this is what I've always believed, but is it actually true in terms of the scripture or what are different ways of looking at how the scripture speaks to people around same-sex relationships? What was that journey yeah. like? So perhaps, as I mentioned before, perhaps I, I need to say that everything happened on that firm ground that I really felt loved by God, that I, I felt I'm, I'm, I'm his ch child, he's accept accepting me the way I am, including my sexual orientation. And so on the one hand, I think this prevented me from much torment, questioning, also for myself and with others, uh, questions: Why did you make me like this? I want not. I didn't. Don't want to be like this. Um, in a way, I just went on with life and adapted to life. And that's another perhaps side of my personality. I'm not the kind of person to, for hours, to discuss or argument or sit down and or reflect. I just go on with life and and make the best out of the situation as it is um, and probably it was yeah also as i mentioned already this kind of policy not official policy but that don't ask don't tell that was just that was just uh, at the order of the day um, and that was a bit pushing that whole question of my sexual orientation to the back and 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 in a way, perhaps also I didn't really deal with it the way I should have, I guess, in in, in my early parts of uh, early stages of my life. Yeah. Are you, are you aware that um, were there any, I suppose not torments, but were there sort of impacts on your mental well-being because of this sort of needing to push this down and keep it to the side a little bit? Although I would say that you sound like a very like your um, sexual identity, your orientation is very well integrated with who you are as a person. So I don't feel like you do have a separation. But was there still a mental cost to you, do you think? Um, as, I, as I mentioned before, I did follow this professional therapy and I think this helped a lot. Mm. And this probably, if I wouldn't have followed, and this was over years, I, I had this therapy, and I guess 
this was one thing that really helped uh, and me to get on with life and also prevented some some yeah impact on my mental health that could have could have been harmful um on the other side i'm um i'm not really an extrovert but i'm i i i take my energy from meeting people and in relationship with me people and one of the effects after my separation from my wife was that my circle of relationships enlarged i, I got to know people on a much deeper level than before and got to know new people also in the lgbtq community i cons uh, consciously decided to to enlarge not just to live in the salvation army ghetto and christian ghetto but to enlarge my circle of relationships and i, I found many new friends to this day and uh, and Still, the Salvation Army is my place, it's my home. But and I think this also helped me to to these friends and these relationships helped me to to stay in a in a good place mentally. Hmm. No, that's good. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, you were the editor of the Salvation Army International Magazine, the officer for seven and a half years, and I remember. In fact, I think you helped me track it down once years and years ago. There was a really good article by Phil Needham about. The importance of officers getting a life and having a wider life than just the narrow Salvation Army sphere. And so um, I can understand why that was a useful thing for you. Um, do you feel that that's how it has been, that you've had a wider life than, than only um, that narrow officership? Um, very much so. At Although at the moment now, having come back to Switzerland uh, uh, just a bit over a year ago, it's, that's a bit of struggle still at the moment. Okay. You know, after so many years you come back, you really have to, you know, build up your, your network. And I'm, I have to work on that side. Um, yeah, yeah. So just I just the other day I sent an email, you know, we have like in many other places, many refugees new centers popping up everywhere and there is a, is a big need for volunteers so i just sent in a kind of an email sent, uh, saying i'm available as a, as a volunteer mm. um, for that and when i arrived in london in that big city um, uh, you know i i discovered actually uh, on on the internet uh, a social network meetup you put up your profile, your, you know, what you like, your hobbies, your activities, and then you are invited in different groups that are taking place in person, really, then. And uh, so, and in a big city like London, there are almost hundreds of groups for people from the LGBT community alone. So mm -hmm. I joined certainly a dozen of groups, be it for, for hiking, French conversation, even a Christian group, uh, cultural lovers, all kinds of different groups that I joined. And I, I, I really, you know, had another life besides, besides the Salvation Army, although I was in the songsters in the band. And <laughs> people sometimes thought I had a, a bit of uh, too busy social life. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds good. It sounds good and rich. I can understand why you're missing that a little bit at the moment. Um, that, that, 
privilege of moving around also comes with a sacrifice as well. So when you yeah. were at IHQ, so you were at international headquarters um, and part of that family, and I suppose that's when you and I met, and that was my memory is that that was actually a rich era within um, the department you were part of with with good friendships and good supportive people. Uh, and I wonder what was that like? Did people in that team and in international headquarters know you were gay or was it still don't ask, don't tell? And if they did know, did you feel safe and loved and or scared? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I actually got two sides to it, you know. There is kind of IHQ as considered perhaps by the world as, you know, the watchtower over the Salvation Army's doctrine and, and positions and, and, uh, uh, and mission. And, uh, and very much though, even at IHQ, I felt there is still this don't ask, don't tell policy. In many questions, you don't, it's just not, or it's perhaps discussed in some kind of board meetings, I don't know, which I wasn't part of. But, um, and on the other side, IHQ is a workplace like any other with people like you and me. And IHQ, I experienced as a very open, a very friendly, a very inclusive, affirming workplace. Um, but still, I have to admit, I'm not a very courageous person. It is, I didn't, yeah, I didn't really come out uh, at IHQ. Perhaps there is, you know, you are kind of, in a, yeah, you have people from around the world. Of course, there are, you know, there are different opinions and positions. Um, and you are a bit in a, in some way, in a window to the world, <laughs> like in the short window, I don't know. But um, so I didn't really come out, but I guess people seeing me, acting me the way I lived, probably, you know, they will probably expect that but interesting enough then there was this one experience there is a, a an employee joined a young man joined our department and you know it was just from the first moment so obvious that he was gay i mean he was very extrovert but in his talking his clothing in his in his look in his way and he just talked about it as you know the most normal thing in the world and part of his life and he was just embraced and loved by all in the department. And then during that time, he married his, the man he loved. Uh, and uh, a number of work colleagues went to that wedding. Um, and he then left IHQ, but in the meantime has come back to IHQ and still works at IHQ. And uh, yeah, so it's, I experienced it as, as being a very friendly, inclusive place, actually. Mm. Yeah, that's good to know. When, when you did, um, I suppose, whether people knew you were gay or not, when you met people who had maybe more strongly conservative views um, or more traditional views, how did you manage those conversations, or how did you, you know, speak with them? Um, yes, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm not a, again, I'm not a man who is looking for arguments <laughs> and long discussions. So 
I probably avoid these kind of situations. Um, also, sometimes I I don't feel uh, I'm probably not really. Although I have been the editor of a magazine, I'm not really perhaps the man of words, spoken words, much. Sometimes I think I I I, I don't have all the words I I'd like to express or to say. So very often I would avoid these situations. Um, yeah, yeah. Which may have been very good for your mental health, I think, probably. <laughs> so. Yes, yes. It was actually now here in Switzerland, I was sitting in a, on the train and wearing my rainbow pin, Salvation Army rainbow pin. And uh, it doesn't very happen also very often, even also in England and in Switzerland. You know, people are kind of, again, this don't ask, don't tell. People are very polite and they don't want to intrude. They don't want to you know, they want to respect, kind of keep the distance. But he was straightforward, you know, asking me questions regarding that he was a, a Christian from a certain background. <laughs> we really had a very hard discussion, but a very polite one still. And I guess in a way we just accepted each other's positions. And and I, I managed to accumulate my point and to 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 uh, voiced my opinion and he determined his <laughs> and uh, yeah we stepped down at the same station and said goodbye to each other but yeah I'm, I'm not very much a friend of of uh, of, of these of, of discussions that don't often lead really to a, to a helpful outcome yeah no I can understand that so for your experience, and I suppose being part of um, being in connection with other gay Christians, um, what do you think does help churches and Christian workplaces feel safe for people who are, um, have a different, you know, who are not um, straight cis people? Uh, yeah. And when you've got true um, desire to have safe diversity in a workplace, what's most useful, do you think? Um, well, sadly, I need to say that I, I think as long as the church and the Salvation Army doesn't change its, its uh, position, change its rules and regulations, it mm. isn't really a safe place. And, you know, you can be the member of a corps and the new corps officer arrives, who is at the other end of your spectrum of, of position or opinions mm. and views. And you can be in a very difficult place. Uh, suddenly, I, I also was, I'm, I'm thankful. I have been in, in members of the course here in Switzerland or in England, where I, where there was a very, at least affirmative, um, you know, core family. Uh, and it, it was no problem actually for for members from the LGBT community to, to actually come out and, and be there and be accepted. Um, but uh, yeah, so it does help, of course, if you if you happen to be in a place where you feel this this uh, support and uh, you feel that you are included, accepted, not just included and accepted, but given the opportunity to 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 be a full 
to participate and with your gifts and yeah yeah and i guess it helps to have allies there and and but but i guess you yeah in some places just i would still probably not advise to to an open coming out but to look for close friends and allies that can have be a, of a, of a, be a support to you mm. yeah so have you been um now that you are i suppose further on in your officership and you're back home and so on are you comfortable remaining in the salvation army could you see yourself staying there in the future or um would you would you be going shall i go somewhere else where i can be more open and more supported yeah um <laughs> i guess at the point of where i am in my life also age wise i didn't I, want to say that <laughs> i very much feel that's my home and that's i very much i always felt that's the place where god wants me to be and you know my younger brother i earlier told he did his coming out he is a today pastor of the reformed church in switzerland but he actually it's a bit it's in a way it's sad but you know that the drifts go through the families he we are not really i i was hoping to have in him uh, a support and a friend and and but that's not the case and actually he he doesn't understand that i would still remain an officer and be in that salvation army which is such a homophobic organization uh he doesn't understand that at all mm. and i always thought if i remain in the salvation army i can be an, an actor for change um within the salvation army and still with the hope that things will change and god to me personally has always confirmed his his love and his calling in within the salvation army to me Mm. so not wanting to imply that you're old because you're not because we're not <laughs> um but the older you now if you were sitting down with the younger you um who was just finding their way and maybe feeling a little vulnerable and and perhaps the parents who had just sort of said look this is an abom abomination just we're not going to talk about this again how would you um speak to that young you and what words of advice or wisdom or reassurance would you give um yes i would i would certainly say be more courageous um and and stand up to who you are um don't keep that to yourself don't stay in your corner alone look for uh, a trusted friend or friends where you can openly speak about it look for allies um and yes yeah don't keep it to yourself mm. it's interesting because even as i was asking you that question i was thinking that actually god was there giving you those words then um the fact that you didn't receive from the sense that god was judging you or unaccepting of you means that actually god was giving you the wisdom and the reassurance and the peace and the love that you that you deserved at the time yes and i'm i'm really really grateful for that but in still in some way 
I, I, today, looking back, I say, you know, I, sh I should have done more for my, for myself, for my good, but also for others in the same situation. I should have, if, you know, if I look at some other people I know today, uh, like in the included group or, uh, I, I, I think I should have used what God has given me in a, in a, actually in a better way. And in, there is some regret, actually, I must say. Mm. Uh, I can un yeah. I can understand. Um, I think one of the first things after our commissioning, all of our session was brought back together. Uh, we trained in Melbourne, and so we were brought back together in Melbourne. And we had this wonderful facilitator who came in and gave us a phrase that stayed with me throughout my officership. And it might not work and might not translate into every language because it depends on how people swear. But um, this wonderful Australian person said, don't should on yourself. Um, don't should on yourself, or you could okay. hear that as don't S-H-I-T on yourself. Yes. Um, but because you could have done those things, Martin, but yes. it wasn't yes. that you should. It wasn't that you should have. Um Yes, and I really consider that as, as a, a, a grace, yeah, from God, as a gift from God, and, and yeah, yeah, I'm I'm very thankful for that actually, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, and I feel I suppose as you've already said, it's sad for people who don't have that strong sense of being able to hear as directly from God as you did, and that's what we really wish from every for everyone, and it's always also what we wish everyone could hear from the church. Isn't it? Yeah, exactly. In in a way, it's yeah. There's still a, a deep sadness, really. You know that this is still not happening in the church, uh, where it really should be a place where we yeah support each other, love each other, and confirm each other in in who we are and, and what we can do in in this world and for God. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, that's good. Uh, we'll wrap up in a couple of minutes, but I wondered, is there anything else that you would like to say before we move on to our quickfire questions? Um, just express my hope that, you know, I'm still in the Salvation Army, that things will change and will move forward. And uh, to encourage all uh, the LGBT members of the LGBT community, people who are sexually gender diverse, to encourage them yeah, stay close to God, stick to your faith, even take your place in the Salvation Army, find trusted friends and allies. Mm. And uh, together we can, you know, do something for change in the future. That's still my hope. Yeah, yeah. very much so. Yeah, good words of wisdom. So um, res re uh, regular listeners to included podcasts will know that there's a popular feature at the end of the podcast and this is the fast five and this is a literal handful of quick fire questions uh, where less is often more so this will see you as a man of few words martin um, so here we go people who are gender or sexuality diverse, where do you find hope in the Bible? 
throughout all its message and its pages, you know, the overall message of God's uh, affirming, supporting, confirming love, inclusive love to everyone. And that is evident in, in the life of Jesus, the way he met people, the way he lived, the way he taught. Uh, yes, yeah. Very good. Uh, where do you see hope in the church today? Well, there is hope, there is change, you know, everywhere. If you look around, open your eyes in little pockets, in little places. And that's where we can start, where change can start, where people in local places stand together and, and act for, uh, for change. Um, so so that, that there is hope. Finally, I believe that this message from Osama affirming inclusive love will will win. Yes. Yeah. Stronger than all other views or opinions or doctrines that have been. So in your view, what makes a good ally or what, what does um, being a good ally mean to you? People, not not just that I know they are, you know, they are affirming of that inclusive love from God, but they are voicing, they are voicing it, they are standing up and and standing beside, beside us. Uh, people I know I can go and talk to in confidence um, if things are getting difficult uh, or difficult situations. So the next question, and it's interesting, uh, as you and I are recording this, the High Council is meeting, and <laughs> neither of us are in the room, Martin. But if yeah. you were in, if you were in the room and you had one message for the Salvation Army at the moment, what would it be? Well, the first message must be just really listen to God, listen to God's voice be guided by his spirit and I, I really believe if really we do that you know and, and not put down what hinders us from from history from doctrine from what has been taught in the past really be open available to to God's uh, voice and to God's reading speaking that people are there before God in his presence and our guide by his spirit. Mm. It's a good prayer with Pentecost Sunday and parts of the world close by yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, so if you, the last question, if you had one message for those who are gender or sexuality diverse, what would it be? Yeah, I think I already mentioned a little bit. I, I would just say you are not alone. Be aware, you are not alone and uh, uh, get out uh, look for relationships with others in the same situation look for allies um, and and uh, don't you are not alone you're loved by god uh, don't give up on faith don't give up even on the salvation army but uh, yeah yeah stay on the ball and keep going and together we can do it Thank you, Martin. Um, it's been a privilege to chat with you. You're a wonderful, kind and gentle man. And um, thank you for your bravery, but also your gift uh, to the Salvation Army at this time when we need to hear voices such as yours. So thank you so much, my friend. Thank you, Christina, for uh, that interview. It was a pleasure and a privilege. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to listening to other podcasts and to perhaps also even have some feedback from people. Uh,
That's great. So, hope to be more courageous in the future <laughs> and stand up for who I am and for Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Martin. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thank you. That was Major Martin Gassel. As you heard, an officer in Switzerland, Christina, that was a very deep uh, and personal and uh, inspiring conversation. How, how do you feel as, as, the, the, uh, as you reflect on all that took place over the past 45 minutes? I think, um, oh, look, I, do, I love Martin. It's just such a wonderful thing. It was just wonderful to hear Martin's story tonight. Um, I think he, he's a man of real integrity. And what I appreciate is just the gift that he has received from God because he has had this openness to God's heart. So I think God gave him that amazing reassurance when he was first aware of who he was and um, how he was created, and that stood him in good stead. Um, and I'm in awe of that. And I suppose that's what I wish that everybody heard from um, God but that's not always the case because Christians mediate sometimes God's voice. Yeah. And so I would hope that that same um, message of acceptance and love uh, that Martin received from God's heart would be what the church can give to um, gender diverse people. There's a meme doing the rounds. I don't want to simplify everything to a meme, right? But I'm I'm not Gen Z, so I shouldn't do that. But uh, there's a meme going around at the moment that says, if God didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn it, then I'm pretty sure he didn't send you either. And yeah. I think that sums it up. We just need to get out of the way because I'm convinced. I know I've, I've felt similar to as Martin does, this deep assurance of being loved and accepted by God. I'm convinced that God has that for every gender and sexuality diverse person. The only mm. reason every gender and sexuality diverse person doesn't hear it is because there is a Christian standing in the way with a megaphone. Yeah, I think that's right. And until we shift that conversation and get out of the way of that conversation, then um, we're standing between people and, and God and, and the love of Jesus and the acceptance of Jesus and um, just that Oh, just that sense of God loving and accepting people and then saying, well, how do we how do we do this together? You know, God says, what should yeah. we do? Where should we go? Yeah. Uh, how can we grow my kingdom? And we're just standing in the way of that. I, some years ago, I remember going to an event here and there was a um, lovely uh, gay man who came and he said, my deepest desire is I just want to bring all of myself to church. Yeah. And I, I feel like I can only bring the acceptable or the unhidden parts of me and um, even from Martin there was still that sense I think of pain of of not being able to be fully who he was yep. even as he was fully who he is to God. Absolutely you know we talk about giving coming uh, and giving your whole self to Jesus, you know, we talk about it in every core across the world, you know, come and give your whole self to the cross, give your whole self at the mercy seat. And then we're told, no, you can't because not all, you know, of, you. Not all yeah. of you, there's a bit of you that we don't understand or that we don't want to know about or that you need to try to oppress and suppress. And when you start to put on a mask to cover some aspects of yourself, all of a sudden you're not being authentic and you're not coming even then as some of yourself because you, 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 you know, you can't distinguish between who you are and you live through the mask and it's not in any way all of yourself. There's, there's something that really stuck out for me was Martin's, it's not just Martin, it's everybody, but he articulated so well, the deep desire for companionship, 
and partnership in both life and ministry, mm-hmm. which for him led to him getting married to somebody who is now um, living uh, as her true self too, as as a lesbian yep. woman, um, but still hasn't and hasn't hasn't found, he hasn't found that since. But we each have this deep desire, um, perhaps a, a God a God seeded desire for companionship and partnership to live holistically as well, to share in life and to share in ministry. And the heart breaks when you think we have so many people who are going through life, you know, in misery in that regard, because they're told you cannot access that. You cannot have that. Um, it's yep. just wrong. I don't know any other words for it, except that it's, it's wrong. And, and deeply traumatic mm. um, and, un- and unnecessary as a message to send, like you say, it's the megaphone messages that's from people, not from God. I think the posit- one of the real positives from uh, Martin's story, which hopefully is helpful to others, um, and it's a little bit like the thing that alcoholics and addicts learn as well, is that um, you really are wise to reach out to others. Yes. And so I think I was really impressed by how creative um martin was around finding networks and people to connect with and asking for help and i think that's the difficult time difficult thing for us when we're stuck in our pain and um, isolation and loneliness is that we either go well people must know and we don't verbalize it so it's as if everyone's esp is supposed to kick in (laughs) and they're supposed to know um or nobody cares, or, you know, and have a pity party, which I could quite understand, totally would understand. But Martin actually did that really proactive thing of going, well, what do I need to do to be well and to be whole myself? And so he connected with networks, and I just thought that was really good and also very inspiring. Absolutely. Uh, And if you are looking to connect, if you are someone who is gender or sexuality diverse within the Salvation Army, there's heaps of resources online. You can go to the included page, www.includedpage.com, or you can check us out on Facebook, Facebook forward slash included page. There's a great network also of people connected to the Salvation Army who are on this same journey, and that's at uh, Salvos for a More Inclusive Church on Facebook. Uh, you can also contact us through the website if you like, uh, and, and if you want to reach out and have a chat to somebody or are looking for some help connecting with other people, and we'll do whatever we can to try to help you connect. Um, I want to finish with some of Martin's words, Christina. Uh, He says uh, this was just before the Fast Five and he articulated so well his message to others would be stay close to God, stay close to your faith and claim your place in the Salvation Army. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for this really moving conversation. We will chat to you again. Thanks, Chris. (laughs) 